everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Thank you, everybody that supported our podcast. We are now full swing into 2018. Uh, we have dug ourselves out of the snow again. And so um, I'm happy uh, got Dr. Daniels in the studio this week. So this one will be on YouTube. So please check us out on YouTube page of every, uh, not Everyday Strong, but Enoch Baptist Church um, YouTube page and check us out there. The topic today is um, dealing with uncertainty. And uh, me and Pastor was sitting here talking about, you know, how, what's some of the best ways we can get past uh, um, dealing with uncertainty. So welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Good good day and a good day to everybody who's out there listening. And we certainly, I want to echo the sentiment that we appreciate all the support we get and, and all that, you know, all those that do listen to us. And I, I also want to just um, encourage our listening audience, if you have topics that you, you know, you want us to discuss, and please don't hesitate, you know, either email the church or uh, contact us somehow and let us know so we can make sure we cover those things that are of interest to you or that can help you. All right. So, Dr. Daniels, um, with uh, to make things a little bit current, we were dealing with the government shutdown. And at the time of this recording, that actually they have made a deal on the government shutdown. But I have noticed a lot of my friends that work in the government was a little uneasy about how things happen and was like, where are we going to go now due to the climate of what's happening in Washington? But I wanted to, to bridge it over to how do we deal with things, um, Pastor, that are really not in our control? Well, you know, I, I think, um, let me say it this way. For some reason, I think that we as a, as a people presume that things are always in our control uh, for the most part. And, and so that puts us in a peculiar situation because what happens is when we realize what we thought was there is not there, that's what causes panic. The reality is there's nothing in life that really is in our control. And, and so one of the things we have to look at is, well, am, have I really ever been in control of anything? And, and, and so a part of dealing with me not being in control is realizing whether or not I have ever been in control and who is, in fact, in control then. And, 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 and based on that concept, then it becomes whether or not I can trust the entity that's in control to act in my best interest. And, and I give you an example for, for you know, what I'm referring to. You know, as a child, you pretty much come to the conclusion that your parents are in control. Right. But you depend on your parents to look after your best interest. So you don't even get, you know, any type of anxiety when things happen. As a matter of fact, when something bad happens, all you do is look to your parent to say, well, you know, I know they're going to take care of it. And so you really don't lose, you know, any of that kind of um, any sleep over it or what have you. Uh, and, and, and using, you know, let's look at the, um, uh, the government shutdown, for example. Well, uh, being a you know, retired furlough employee, I, you know, I've gone through you know, these furloughs many times. Uh, Clinton was the president that probably uh, took us through the most furloughs. Right. Right? A, a Democrat, I might add. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, the question is, as federal employees, have we ever been in control? Answer is no, <laughs> because even though you may not have had a shutdown, there was always the possibility of cutbacks in your agency. I remember when they came out with the Brat Commission 
And, and with the BRAC commission, they start closing down naval bases and other, you know, other, other, other um, military facilities. And so you still weren't in control. Uh, they're they're on, on the, uh, Ronald Reagan um, when they decided uh, initially that we were not going to have any, any more deficits. And so that caused, you know, massive layoffs uh, under um, uh, his successor. Uh, the same thing happened under Bush, too. The same thing happened. So we really were never in control. Uh, I, but our perception was that we were in control. And so what we tended to do was rely on ourselves. So what I tell people to do, you know, when you when you are feeling like you're not in control, let's first of all go back and say, well, who really is in control? Who really is in control of my destiny? Who is in control of me and my life? Well, as a as a strong uh, believer in, uh, in the fact that God is always in control, uh, then that's how I kind of, you know, um, rest on that thing. So what is God in control of and what is his, his intention towards me? And, right. and, and that's key. Because if I look at this thing with the government, if I assume that Trump is in control, I'm assuming Trump is more powerful than the God that I serve. Mm. And, and, and to me, that's a bad way to look at it. And the Bible says, uh, God said, I know my thoughts towards you, thoughts of good and not evil, um, to bring it to an expected end, which means that everything that's happening within the realm of the world is, is moving to bring my life and all those that trust in him and even those that don't. Uh, to an expected end. And then where he has a design on the universe and his design will not fail. So if I believe that, then I I look at the government as being an instrument of God and not the other way around that, that that I have to worry about the government. So I can now say, Oh, wait a minute. If God is using the government for some purpose, the thing for me to do is not worry about what's going on, but try to understand the purpose. Right. Right. So, Understanding the purpose, you know, then you get you can get real deep with that one, you know, understanding the purpose of things. And so how what is the the steps to understanding the purpose of things? So we is it getting the newspaper and reading the articles or is it understanding the purpose of what God has in your life? So and you take a look around and say, well, I got everything I need. You know, and, and I know you talk about that a lot, mm-hmm. you know, needs versus wants. He's like, you know, you want that that nice car, you want that nice house, but do you need that? You already got a house and it's, and it's good enough and you already got a car. It's getting your point right. A to point B. It's not breaking down on you. You know, so do you look at it that way? What's, what's some of the steps we can use for understanding the purpose of how things are happening? Absolutely. You know, what, 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 well, here, here's, here, here's what you do. Um, and again, let's you, I use the government shutdown as an example because that's something that's really you know it's, it's present, it's right there, it's where people can really you know touch and feel. Um, so, what purpose am I looking at? Well, uh, I'm always looking to see who's really in control. Okay, now is it Congress? Is it the president? Is it God? Here's what we know: the president is not in control. How do we know that? Because if he was in control, we would already have money set aside for the wall. <laughs> if he was in control, then we would have a ban on people entering this country from Muslim nations. It would not be going to the Supreme Court. Right. If, if he was in control, Hillary Clinton would be in jail. If he was in control, 
Mueller would not be investigating him. See, so we know that he's not in control because things are not going 100 percent his way. So we can rule him out. So then we go to the next step. Well, is Congress in control? Well, we know that the Democrats obviously are not in control. (laughs) Right. Because if they were in control, DACA, you know, would be uh, law, law of the land. And those individuals who were, you know, young folk when they came to this country would not be afraid of being deported. We also know they're not in control because if they were in control, the uh, tax bill would not have been passed. Right. And 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 uh, the Affordable Care Act would also be funded, you know, totally. Uh, And 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 the requirement to get insurance would still be within the, you know, the IRS code. So we know that the Democrats are not in control. Uh, congressionally. We know the Republicans are not in control. Why? Because we have a shutdown. They are the majority in both the House and the Senate. So we know that no legislator is in control. We know that no politician is in control. So we rule them out. So we can't say what is their purpose because because that's not going to help us to get where we're trying to go. So if I rule them out, well, I got to go to the next level. And I'm saying the next level has to be my heavenly father. So he's the one in control. So the question is, what is his purpose? That's what I'm trying to figure out. What is his purpose? Now, I can try to say, what is his purpose for the United States? Or what is his purpose for me? And, and I say, I'm telling you, do I really, I mean, am I, am I really trying to care what's his purpose for the United States? Or am I really trying to figure out what his purpose is for me? So, so that's what I'm saying. Look, God, what is your purpose for me? Where are you trying to take me and what is the impact on what's going happen? How is that affecting me personally? So that's that's how you kind of break it down. So so now that I know he's in control, I'm saying, what is his purpose for me? Now, if I haven't figured out his purpose for me, then I have to do that. Obviously, you know, I, I need to I need to you know pray. I need to fast a little bit. I need to understand where God wants to take me. But let's say I do know where he wants to take me. I've already figured it out. You know, I know he wants to take me. So then the next question I must ask myself is, how does what's happening now help me get there? How, how is it that what's happening now help me get to God's purpose for me? What changes in my life? You know, for example, with the government shutdown. If the government is shut down as it was on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, what changes in my life? I'm going to use me as an example, okay? Now, here's what changed. The 9 o'clock service was full. <laughs> the 11 o'clock service was full. <laughs> Did I see them coming to church praying, Lord, help me, as a negative or a positive? Yeah, Absolutely. So the government shut down, help people come to church, pray, and realize that God is needed in their life. So for from the standpoint of me, that was a positive right. to have that happen to people. Because, hey, that brought them to church. Now, the next thing I ask myself is, does that mean that I won't eat tomorrow because of the government shutdown? No. No, I'm still going to eat tomorrow. Why? Because I have no food in my house to last me past today and tomorrow. I don't buy food day by day by day, and most people don't. Next question is, well, do I, am I able to pay my bills today or tomorrow? The answer is, yes, I am. So then I have to ask myself, then what was the negative, real negative impact to me? Right. It was none. Was there a positive impact? Absolutely. Therefore, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Right. So the government shutdown for me was not a negative. It was a 
positive. Now, I'm not in control of it. I have zero control, but I have zero anxiety because of the effect. Now, let me just say this for all out for my listeners and those who see me to say, well, wait a minute. That's because you're not worried about a check. Oh, yes, I'm a I'm a federal retiree. No, you worried about a check. So I'm still worried about a check, <laughs> right? Right. But did that mean that, you know, because they shut down for two or three days, does that mean my bills won't get paid? No, because it's, it's, it's no change in my, my financial status in that two days. So why am I worrying about a no change? Yeah. That's really what I would be doing is worrying about a no change. And you can take that to any aspect of your life. And if you use that as a general rule, what you'll find is, my worrying is a waste of time. Right. Is is the worrying and fear really more the devil at work in your head? Uh, you know what? You ought, you ought to be a preacher. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 your question is right on point. You know, doubt is, is, is a great tool of the devil. You know, and I try to put this on people, you know, all the time. Don't know how well it takes. But doubt is a great tool, tool of the devil. If, if, you, if we look at Adam and Eve, for example, um, the way the Bible lays the story out, the thing that caused Eve to be disobedient was when the devil put doubt in her mind. Mm. When she doubted whether or not what God had said to her was valid. Right. And so once you begin to doubt, you begin to try to do things the way you want to do them. Uh, because that doubt is there. So is that the devil putting doubt in my heart? I, absolutely. Because the devil is trying to make me doubt that God is always out, you know, serving my best interest, that, that you know, somehow he cannot take care of me the way he said he could. And, and so with that doubt, you know, brings that fear, you know, and with that fear, then we tend to make decisions based on that fear, rather than making decisions based on that's, you know, the same things that we were basing our decisions on before we had the fear. Yeah. So you make unreasonable decisions and then you get re- results that take you away from where you were trying to go in the first place. And then what we, that, that kind of um, amplifies the fear, yeah. but, but it also makes us believe that our fear was really, you know, something that uh, was real. Yeah. When it really wasn't what we feared that was real, it was our bad decision based on the fear that caused us to be where we are. Yeah, I've I've noticed that too a lot with people um, making bad decisions on the on fear and getting in your yourself getting in your own way mm-hmm. and that little devil on your shoulder telling you such and such don't like you because X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Or look at them, they're over there, they don't respect you, or they're over there talking about you, and you see two people whispering, and they're talking about the game last night or some TV show last night, but, right. but the devil has told you in your head that that conversation is about you, mm-hmm. or this right here is a negative situation towards you. So then you make a decision based off that feeling, mm-hmm. and then by the time you realize that it was the wrong decision, it's too late down the road. You've, now you got to suffer the consequences, but you don't realize what puts you in that position. Absolutely. You know, and, and that, that's so true. You know, <clears throat> a person may, you know, let's let's say, you know, I, I got for day. Now, most federal employees that I know that's been around a while, let me say this too. If you've been around a while and you think it's going to be a government shutdown, you're as happy as you can be. Because here's what you know from past experience, that I'm going to be furloughed. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not going to lose one day's pay. 
because when they come back, they're going to reinstitute everything. We're going to get paid for it. And because that's, that's been how things have gone. If you're a new federal employee, you're worried because you don't understand that process yet. And we haven't had a shutdown for a long time. You know, it's been, a, a, you know, minimum, what, 10 years or so since we've had a shutdown. Uh, the other thing is that the devil exacerbates our fears. For example, I've heard people saying on TV today that the military are working without pay. That's a lie. <laughs> the military is not working without pay. Right. The military, see, it's against the law for you to employ and work someone without paying them. So they will get paid. It's not like they're not going to get paid. They are going to get paid. You know, e- even if they are, even if the pay is held for a while, which won't happen, they're going to release that money. You can believe that. But they still will get paid. They're not, you're never working for free when you work for the federal government. Just like those, those employees that are considered essential employees, they're going to get paid for the day that they go to work. Right. You know, even if they decided not to pay the furloughed employees, they would still pay the employees who were working. So the military is going to get paid. And the people that are in the military aren't going to stop doing what they are doing. You know, I've even heard one person say that the postal service is going to stop. Duh. The Postal Service is not funded the same way the rest of the federal government is funded. Right. So your mail is still going to come. It's still going to get delivered. In fact, I was at the post office this morning and they were open on time <laughs> and I signed for something that I was supposed to pick up. Right. But what happens is the devil will use whatever mechanism necessary to plant those little seeds of doubt and people will walk away believing the lie. And the Bible tells us that it is easy to believe a lie than the truth and they'll believe a lie quickly. And so they'll act on the lie. And when you act on the lie, as you know, being a businessman, anytime you act on a falsehood, you put yourself in danger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially in business, I, and I tell my staff, I say, I got to know the entire truth because mm-hmm. it, helps me make the best decision. But if you give me a half a truth and then present it to me like it's the full truth and I take it and I make a decision and then, you know, four or five months down the road, I realize I ain't have all the information. Now, you know, of course, as a leader and the owner, I'm supposed to, that's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. But when I go back to the employee, (laughs) you might not be around too much longer because I got to be able to trust, you know, what you're telling me. Now, switching gears, I was, um, I was, uh, my daughter's sick and I was trying to give her some medicine. Her throat was hurting. And and this was so ironic that this happened because it's, I'm a bridge right here. So I was trying to give her the medicine. She wouldn't open her mouth. I said, well, you know, open your mouth to take this medicine. I said, trust me. I'm your father. Mm-hmm. I said, don't you trust me? She shook her head. No. <laughs> and I thought about one of your sermons. And when you said, don't you trust your father, your father in Jesus Christ and God? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought about all the times I've doubted even like certain things that hit me. And I said, well, I ain't going to do that. Then, But it was funny how it was presented back to me. Mm-hmm. Like he was speaking through my daughter's like, yeah, I don't trust you with this, mm-hmm. <laughs> this situation. I was like, you know, I've done the exact same thing. And you know, that's a perfect example because you weren't trying to hurt your daughter. Right. And if she would, tr- if she trusts you, she'll take the medicine and get better. Right. And it's the same way. If we trust our Heavenly Father, even though the medicine may not taste good, it'll make her better. And it's the same thing about events in our life. Like, again, the furlough, for example, for many people, it may not taste good. 
but that doesn't mean it wouldn't make us better right. because he knows what he's doing. You know, whether he, you know, why I'm not saying I know the specific purpose worldwide, but, but why the purpose, you know, maybe it's because he wants to reveal something about the president. So people will see that the things he said negatively about president Obama He's experiencing the same things himself because the Bible does tell us that, you know, our lives will be revealed. Yeah, I remember when there was a threat of a shutdown on a, um, President Obama and Trump said he was a horrible president because right. he cannot negotiate. He cannot he pre- cannot prevent a shutdown. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are in the first year of his inclusion, the first four year of his presidency. And we have a shutdown. Right. You know, so that reveals something about him. So maybe our Heavenly Father was just saying, I want to pull the covers back and I want to show you all who you have in office. I don't know if that's the real purpose, but I'm saying certainly it, it, you know, it suggests that um, there is an uncovering going on somewhere. And then to break it down even even further, if he was living to check the check and that wake up call would be like, wait a minute, I need to get my finances in order. I need to get some things. I need to start budgeting right. So mm-hmm. next time this happens, I, I'm not scared or that fear doesn't kick in. You say, I'm prepared for right. it. And I'm ready to roll. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, again, as a businessman, what you know is this. Uh, the worst thing you can do on your business is run a check to check because you're going to be in bankruptcy, you know, shortly. And your business is not going to last long. And, and the same thing works in any household. And so if, if, if I'm relying on the government, you know, uh, for, my, for my means of support, then as you said, uh, I need to at least follow some biblical principles if I'm a Christian. So if I'm operating on biblical principles, then I'm operating under the same rules that, you know, Joseph said to Pharaoh, live off 80%, save 20%. So when bad times come, you know, you're where you need to be to to, to continue. And, and so from that standpoint, like you said, uh, it ought to send a message to to, our, to Christians to wait a minute, to wake up and say, well, who am I relying on most, the federal government or the God that I serve? Who am I following the most? What teachings am I going to follow the most, the federal government or the God that I serve? Well, if I follow the federal government teachings, then I'm going to listen to what Trump says. I'm going to listen to what, you know, the majority in the House and the Senate say. And I'm going to adopt their rules. But we can see then that their rules aren't helping us a whole lot. But if I adopt God's rules, then, you know, I'm pretty much where I need to be. Yeah. So it's it's um, it's amazing how the end of conversations that we've had on the podcast and and then listening to you preach um, on Sundays and. Going back and then listening to some of the, the sermons, I do suggest everybody do that on YouTube. If you still got an account with live stream, go back up there and look at the you know past sermons because you might you'll catch something the second time around that you didn't catch the first time around. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in church and you know and you're hollering, you missed the last, <laughs> you missed the last, you missed about thirty seconds. And <laughs> if the Holy Ghost hits you, you might have missed a little, you know, like thirty seconds. But you get my point. It's like when you go back and look at stuff, you'll your eyes start opening up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage people out there. It's like when you learn something, you have to apply it. Mm-hmm. You know, so what we was talking about, you know, knowing the purpose of what God's purpose is, knowing that. Then once you figure out, then, OK, I know his purpose. Then you can start acting on in in things in line with it to amplify it. Right. right. And I think people just kind of just. Oh, I know his purpose, and kind of just shut it down. Like, no, it's time for you. To, now it's time to push forward, right? Rather than knowing it and then operating the same way you did before you knew it, right? Because if you if you make that change, then the uncertainty leaves. 
because you know your purpose. So that's one uncertainty right there, not knowing your purpose. So then, then the uncertainty leads because I know my purpose. So in knowing my purpose, now it changes whether or not I think something that happened was to my good or to my bad. Because you don't know if it's good until you know how it lines up with where you're trying to go. Right. You know, winning the lottery may seem good, but if that's not in line with the purpose God has for your life, then winning the lottery is not the best thing for you. Right. You may win the lottery, someone breaking your house and kill you the next day because they found out you won the lottery. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, so j- just because something appears to be good doesn't necessarily mean it is good. You have to figure out, well, where is God trying to take me? You know, I, I can tell you uh, personally that for, there were many times I was kind of upset with God. Now, I can tell you, when I was younger, I was pretty much upset with God because I didn't know my purpose. And what I had designed for me is not what God had designed for me. And so the way that things were happening in my life, my thought process is I don't understand why. You know, the things I want to do, the things I'm trying to do, you know, because I always consider myself to be just, you know, one point Below genius, if not genius. That's how I looked at me. <laughs> right. I, I was right. I remember I used to tell people all the time, with my IQ, because literally when I took an IQ test, I was scored as a genius based on my IQ test. Yeah. Now, did I apply it all? No. But that's, you know, how it came out at that time. So my design for me was much greater than what I was accomplishing, you know. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure it out until I figured out where God wanted me to go. Because here's what I know. If I have followed my own way of thinking and where I wanted to go, there's a strong possibility I could be dead by now. Not because I don't think illegal, because my design, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. That, that's what I really wanted to do. Right. I wanted to be, I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy and be a fighter pilot. And I want to go to med, get, go to medical school, medical school and become a psychiatrist. Now, here's what you can bank on. If either one of those two things had happened, I would not be a pastor of a church. Right. Most definitely. Number one, if I was a fighter pilot and if I had kept on, you know, doing that, yeah. I would have probably came back and become a, became a commercial pilot, you know, after I retired from the military. Right. Okay. If I, you know, and if I did as I, you know, as my design was to become a fighter pilot and then go to med school, if I became a psychiatrist and I'm sitting back and I'm making psychiatrist money, you can also believe this. Yeah. I would not be the pastor of a church. It's it's just that simple. So the Lord had to say to me, hey, wait a minute. That ain't what I want for you. I want you to go this way. And so the way he wanted me to go prevented me from, you know, I had the grades. I had the recommendations, everything I needed. I just couldn't pass the medical evaluation. You know, I had everything I needed except that. And as far as going to medical school, well, the Lord just put a few other stumbling blocks in my way, uh, and which caused me not to do that. Yeah. I had everything I needed with University of Maryland, you know, boom, you're good to go. Howard, good to go. Yeah. But other things in my life happened that caused me not to go ahead and take that step. And, and then for a long time, I was a little bitter. Yeah. But I realized now in looking back, I'm exactly where God wanted me to be. So the things I thought were bad were really good. Yeah. And then, and then on the flip side of the coin, you're counseling people, you're yeah. flying planes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're getting what you was trying to do. Right. Now you get to do it now on a more yeah. amplified level. Right. Just without the money. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. But my bank account is not quite as large quite, as it would have been. Right. <laughs> but, but money and everything. And I guess that's the thing, you know, because it, 
it doesn't mean I it doesn't mean I would have been happier. Right. Just because That's a very good I, point. It, right. You know, I mean, obviously a psychiatrist makes more than a federal employee. I mean, there's right. a cap on our salaries. Right. It's a cap. You can't make more than a congressman make. So uh but you know, and I'm just saying that, you know, I'm not doing bad. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, you know, m- most most medical doctors and most psychiatrists that I have seen, and they do a, little, a whole lot better than what I do, you know. Um, but my point is that, but it doesn't mean they're happy. You know, it just right. doesn't mean they're happy. It doesn't mean they're making a big difference in people's lives. Yeah. And, and so uh, am I satisfied? Absolutely. You know, I'm completely satisfied with where God has taken me. And I understand now why he took me this way. So it makes a whole big difference. Was I in control? No. Did I feel out of control many times? Absolutely. Was there uncertainty? Absolutely. There was great uncertainty. And that was very frustrating until I figured out that I was never in control Mm -hmm. and that he was always guiding me this way. Then it all made sense. So at at any point, did you ever feel like on the decisions that you made that you was like hard on yourself? And then you had to forgive yourself and then realize that maybe I did make the right decision on certain things. You know, I, 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 I think um, at back then, let me say this. Right. I didn't think I made the right decisions because what my, my presumption was that it was my decision making that was causing a lot of things that was happening in my life. Gotcha. But now what I've come to realize is that that wasn't the case. What was happening was that God was pushing me a certain way. He was pushing me a certain way. So those influences that was happening to me was him pushing me that way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, I would, I would be mad that I did something. But when I look back, I realized if I hadn't done it, I wouldn't be where I am, I am right now. And I think, and that's the thing, you know, going through it, of course, you're like, man, it was the craziest thing. I should have been here rather than there. But I look back and I realize if I had been where I was trying to go, I wouldn't be where I am now. Right. You know, like I said, I would not be the pastor of this church. I just would not be. You know, and I'll give you a, a quick example is this, is that, you know, even though, um, when I was in the federal government, I, I didn't have a bad position, I had a pretty good position. Okay. Um, as far as the, the ratings go, you know, there's only one other level I could have gotten to in the federal government. You know, as far as the GS ratings, I was at the highest you can get to, you know, and I was still in my forties and like I was an older guy, I was in my forties. I was at the highest GS rating you can get to. The only thing left for me to do is become a member of the senior executive service. Okay. Uh, which I had applied and got accepted. Okay. Something happened to cause that to be taken back from me. But that would have required me to relocate to Washington, D.C., which meant I would have left Enoch Baptist Church. Right. You know? And so at the time, I was upset because I'm thinking this one little glitch is calling them, causing them not to go through on what I have already, you know, been just about guaranteed. Looking back, I realized that, wait a minute, that probably was the best thing because if it had not happened, I would have been in Washington where my family would have been down here. Had I been up there, I truly, I would have been in the senior executive service, but I wouldn't have been a pastor of the church. I couldn't have done both. And at the time, um, at the church, I say we probably had a a, um, congregation size of about a hundred people. All right. And, and there's no way it would have grown more with me doing that. But because of that, I got frustrated I decided to take an early retirement and the church just grew by leaps and bounds. So, you know, as I say, um, 
what I thought was a negative, and that really was just God pushing me to be where He wanted me to be. Right. He didn't want me to be, you know, there. He wanted me to be here as the pastor of Enoch Baptist Church. Well, I'm certainly glad you are the pastor of Enoch Baptist <laughs> Church. So, is there anything else you'd like to mention before we close out? No, I think I think we covered a lot today. Yeah, yes, we did. Thank y'all so much for joining us today. This is your CB Baker. Till next time.